You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 31 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. This week, Tom and I will be revisiting the Chiefs' victory over the Broncos. We'll be taking a look at how the Week 13 games have affected the power rankings before looking ahead to yet another AFC West battle against the 2020 Week 4 champions, the Raiders. But first... Congratulations again. You did your uh, Leighton Steam Awards night at the weekend, didn't you? We are. We we did, rather. Wow, we're scraping yeah. at the bottom of the barrel, aren't we, for uh, <laughs> things to talk about in the first part of the show if we're talking about an awards night for a flag football team. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Nobody in America's ever heard of. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, yes, we had our awards night. Um, is what we got Good together. Fun. We all voted for separate awards. Of course, the the main thing of the night was you making a twenty minute America's Game episode for us, which <laughs> went down really, really well. Maybe I can share some clips on Twitter. And um, we're probably the only people on earth that have ever done such a thing out of parody. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was um, it was good. I, I won an award. I picked up an award, which I'm hoping Chris Jones will win, Defensive Player of the Year. So really, I was pretty happy with that. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know how you've won that because every video I saw of you playing, you seem to be either throwing the ball or, or receiving it or, or, or playing on the offensive side. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you got defensive player of the year. I'm a two way player. What can I say? I play every single oh. snap both ways. What can I say? I'm the I'm the athletic type for a team of average age of 33. I'm classed as one of the athletic ones, even though I'm 33 myself. <laughs> wow! Right. So you're the engine. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> the fa- the maybe maybe just the fat controller like um, <laughs> and i know Sorry, that americans probably won't get that reference because i'm not too sure if they get thomas the tank engine over there but um <laughs> if you look up the fat controller that's me basically <laughs> <laughs> just directing the players all over the place yeah, yeah we are scraping the barrel this week obviously um talking about thomas flag football team but it, you know national champions it's nothing to be sniffed at eh? you know it's 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 a uh, you know, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. National champions, isn't it? There's no other team in the land that is better than Leighton Steam. Yeah. 
if this is America, it'd be slightly more impressive, wouldn't it? Should we get uh, straight on to the Broncos game? Because that's what people are here for, to listen to our takes of the Broncos game. And to start off with, it was a tough game. It was a tough game for both teams, I would say. Um, well, especially for the Broncos, because they only scored nine points. But I think the pressure going into this as well, with it being an AFC West game, mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs were a little bit jittery in offense. Um, and they played as almost like they didn't want to lose the game rather than actually just, you know, tearing strips off them like they did with the Raiders. Um, we're getting into that part of the season now where there's, what, five five games left or something left yeah. of the season? And it was almost like we have to win this game to keep the pressure on, obviously, the Chargers. We know, you know, knowing that obviously the Chargers won their game. The Chiefs really need to keep the pressure on the foot on the pedal, but also be careful because this could have been a bit of a banana skin game, this, couldn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Against that defence, um, Vic Vangio, who's had plenty of success against the Chiefs' defence, yes, okay, they haven't won a game against us, but more often than not, the Broncos' defence managed to keep their team in, in games, and that happened this gone week. 22 points by the Chiefs' standards, the Mahomes' standards of previous years, isn't that many points. And it's the exact same amount that the Chiefs managed to get our head against the Broncos last season as well. And unfortunately for Broncos fans, they could only muster 25 points in two games against the Chiefs defence, which just is just crazy. But you're right, results are all that matters at the moment. Getting to week 16, 17, 18, we probably want some results matched up with performances so the Chiefs can find a bit of form going into the playoffs. But right now, all that matters is dubs. The Patriots are out in front. The Chargers are just behind us in the division. We need to win the division. That is for sure. We definitely need a home playoff game. And if we can better that and get the number one seed, then for sure. If the Chiefs are going to win by three points or 30 points, it doesn't really bother me right now as long as they mm-hmm. keep picking up wins. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of uh, chatter at the moment. If, you know, Mahomes is different in these games and, you know, the Chiefs aren't scoring as many, you know, and, and, I, and I get that. I understand that because we've been so used to that for the last few years. But yeah. this is a different type of Mahomes and a different type of offense now. And I think people need to recognize that you're not going to get that, that you know, lights out, high record, you know, high octane, loads of records from Mahomes every single year. You're going to have a bit of a, you know... Bit of a relaxed you, let's say. Well, not say relaxed. That's probably I wouldn't a bad say word, it's relaxed but... by any means. No, it's not a relaxed you. <laughs> but but more of a, you know, he's going to have to be more of a bit more of a team player now because uh, obviously defenses nowadays are really looking at trying to shut down this offense because yeah. it is built to be high speed, yeah. uh, big chunk plays, and you know teams will almost kind of scheme for that more than anything else at the minute um, to try and shut down this Chiefs team. So um, I, I'm not, I'm not, I've not been bothered about this at all, really. I mean, I know the first few weeks were a little bit like what's going on. We're not used yeah. to this, but I'm kind of getting used to how Mahomes is playing now and how this team's playing. Yeah. And it's callback play. You could argue is down across the league. Um, yeah. you, you can say it's on the callbacks or you could just say it, maybe it's a year where defenses are catching up and it happens from time to time in the NFL where offenses go far out in front and then defensive coordinators, believe it or not, they are smart people. (laughs) There is a reason why they're in a job every now and then they catch up and then it's on the offensive coordinators and the quarterbacks and the coaches on that side of the ball to work out how the offense can get back out in front. So maybe that's just what we're in the middle of at the moment where we're in this cycle where defenses have an advantage over offenses. And that is why 
the offences across the board aren't scoring as many points as say they did earlier in the season. Um, yeah. Look at Josh Allen. Like he's, I was he, about to say that. Yeah, he's struggling. Yeah. Lamar Jackson is struggling a little bit at the moment. Yeah. It, it is happening. There's very few quarterbacks that you can say are consistently putting up decent amount of points. Maybe you can say Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and and that juggernaut down in Arizona as well. But Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have been there, done that, got the T-shirt. They've been through their own personal slumps before, and they've come out the other side. So they know what it takes to to come out of a slump. Where Patrick Mahomes is still. He's still learning from it. And he wasn't awful on on Sunday night. He wasn't great either, but he'd done enough. Like the Chiefs won by 13 points. And do you remember last year when Mahomes was going crazy and scoring a stupid amount of points, 30 to 40 (laughs) points every single game, but the Chiefs weren't covering the spread. They were winning close games there. Well, now they're winning games. They're not scoring many points, but guess what? They're covering the spread. They've covered the spread the last three games. And why are we complaining about that? It just means at the moment, the Chiefs have a more balanced, more well-rounded team than they ever have done. It's not so top heavy. Yes, you can argue that the team's probably more weighted in the defensive favour at the moment. But if you had to have to pick out the two units, if they're both playing badly, which one's going to be the first one to pick up? You'd probably argue you'd have more faith in the offence. And that's why I'm not particularly worried just yet. Yeah. I just wanted to pull you up on something with the uh, running backs. We were saying before about, uh, you know, they don't really matter, really. Do they really matter in the grand scheme of things? Now, I'm going to ask you this. After watching what Mac, Mac Jones did, against yeah. <laughs> against the Bills. So was it three three attempted passes, yeah. two receptions, or whatever it was, um, and 41 handoffs. Do really do, do quarterbacks really matter? <laughs> do quarterbacks matter? <laughs> so that's that game's such a funny one. Like I this this game divides opinions, this this Monday night football performance from the New England Pages. Yeah. Half of people want to say, oh, look how well they done on the ground. They dominated the game. They ran the football, blah, 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 blah. Uh, how impressive was that? Where the other half are like, they scored 14 points. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter how many times they ran the football. They scored 14 points. And that's the camp that I am in. Yes, the weather was gross. Yes, they couldn't kick going one, one, one way down the field. But at the end of the day... The Bills were like one or two plays from winning that game. And if they win that game 17-14, who the hell cares that the Patriots ran the ball for how many yards and Mac Jones only completed three points? Like running the football is great and it matters, but it matters most if you can add points at the end of it. There's no point running the football for as much as that and only scoring 14 points. The Patriots just happened to get away with it on Monday night because the weather was gross, because Josh Allen couldn't cope on on Monday night, because the Bills couldn't kick, and because the Patriots' defence was pretty good. If the Chiefs are going to face the Patriots in the playoffs, and that's what the Patriots are going to do, then I'm absolutely fine with it. We all remember the Le'Veon Bell game in the the playoffs. We We held the, what, the Steelers to, what, six field goals, was it? Yeah, goals, that's only 18 points. Everyone said, oh, look how well the Pittsburgh Steelers done. They ran all over the Chiefs. The Chiefs were just a couple of decent offensive plays away from winning that game. Nobody would be talking about the running Exactly, game. no one would be talking about it. Yeah. Running the football is great when you do it in the style of like the Titans, when they run the football, but they also put up 35 points whilst doing it. And yeah. then it creates and it creates opportunities for play action. But just going out and running the football like the Patriots did on, on Monday night, I'm not impressed. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. 
I'm not impressed. If they had more balance and they scored more points, then I'd be impressed. But no, 14 points, no thank you. And it's also, sorry, it also strengthens my argument that yards do not matter when measuring a defence. It just doesn't matter. Points is what matters. And that's 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 the end of my argument, shall I say? <laughs> and you're going to put a pin in that, yes, yeah, for sure. Uh, right, let's get back to the uh, Broncos game then, uh, because um, there was another intercep- interception that Mahomes had to deal with, and again, it was that annoying interception that just kind of it went into the players' hands, it went into Hill's hands, and it pinged up in the air, and it was just one of the another one of these easy interceptions that we've seen so many times this season. Yeah. Um. I mean, when does it get to a point now where wide receivers are accountable or at least partly accountable for some of these interceptions? Um, I think we're way past that point. They they should be held accountable for it. Uh, there's a stat going around about drops and the amount of EPA that it's cost teams. Yeah. And Kelsey and Hill are way out in front of all other receivers in football. Like really? The pair of them are just dropping passes that are costing the Chiefs. So everyone yeah. can say, oh, Mahomes is on a down year and he's not playing his greatest football. Well, number of times he's put the ball in places where it needs to be for the Chiefs to score points or at least go on drives that will lead to scoring points. And he's being let down by his receivers. And this one on, on Sunday was another bad one on Tyreek Hill for whatever yeah. reason his hands aren't working very well this year. And it's such a strange thing for Tariq Hill because he's always had fairly solid hands. Yeah. But it's just the simple ones. Has he, has he got the yips? Have, have they got the yips as receivers? Are, are they Possibly. in a mental slump themselves? And it seems crazy because Tariq Hill, you could probably argue overall has been our best skill player, including yeah. Mahomes. But yeah. when he's made mistakes, they've just been incredibly costly and no more so than Sundays when we we're coming out of half time. We've got the chance to, I think it was to make the game 17 free. Was it at the time? Yeah. We'd have been two, we'd have been two touchdowns up and we're driving pretty nicely. We've got down to the, the 30 or 40, definitely going to get some points at least. And then that happens. It's just, it's just a killer. And if we placed, if we were playing a better team, off on the other side of the, uh, a better team that's better offensively, then we probably would have struggled on Sunday night because of that drop. Yeah, and I know some people have been uh, trying to blame Mahomes in a way that he's putting a bit too much fizz on the ball, which is is causing these spills. But I mean, we've seen Mahomes fizz these balls faster than that. Yeah, way before like the, the, the previous seasons, and to the same receivers as well. I mean, uh, I mean, for instance, the first ever one, the first ever touchdown pass that he ever had with to Tyreek Hill was the sling, wasn't it? You know, ah, oh, the sling, that yeah, one. Yeah. Um, and it went like a rocket, that thing. And he, he'll caught it, no problem. So- yeah, that one, I, I can see the argument. I, I I can see why people might think that yeah. um, with the some of the passes that have been, and they do look like they lack a little bit of touch. Then yeah. they do look like he is really trying to force that ball in there. That one on Sunday sailed on him a little bit, but it's still catchable. And like maybe if he had more touch when he threw the ball to Marcus Kemp, Marcus Kemp would have caught it. I'm not, I'm not, not giving any blame to Marcus Kemp. We went down that road at the time, but if Mahomes just puts a little less on it and puts it out in front a bit more with a little bit more accuracy, then Marcus Kemp has no excuses. And you can say the same about the one that hit Jared McKinnon in the face that <laughs> all those weeks ago that went through yeah. Josh Gordon's hands and then hit Jared McKinnon in the face. Maybe that had a little bit too much sauce on it. But yeah. these players have been playing for Mahomes long enough to know 
what they're expecting when the ball comes out of his hands. And um, unfortunately, we're, we're dealing with a quarterback that has an absolute. Well, it's not unfortunate; it's very fortunate. We're dealing <laughs> we're dealing with a quarterback that has an absolute rocket for an arm. So yeah, beautiful mate. It's sweet. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's sweet. It's lovely to see. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, the stats with with Hill and Kelsey. I mean, it, you know, the Broncos did very well shutting them down, as so to speak. They, you know, they did. Um, I mean, what was Hill? He was what two receptions for twenty-two yards, and Kelsey was three three receptions for twenty-seven yards. Which depressing, isn't it? It, it is depressing, and <laughs> we always say about the Chiefs' offense: pick your poison. And it was always like, do you cover to Kelsey? Do you cover Hill? Broncos seem to do pretty darn fine, really, in that yeah. defensive screen where they they seem to shut them both down and. It is depressing. And again, it could be just that it was another off game or it could have been, like we said before earlier, it might have been just the pressure of the game with it being an AFC West rival and the way that the Broncos have been playing pretty decent against some, you know, top top teams recently. Mm. Um, it could just be that. And it might just be something that the Chiefs, again, put a pin in it and just think, right, well, we've got the dub. Let's just move on. I think that's, that's pretty much key on this at the moment. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, well, I've already agreed on this show already that we're not worried yeah. yet. It's just, nah. it's only a small concern, should we say, that Kelsey Hill and Mahomes can't quite get clicking just yet. But whenever Daryl Williams seems to go out to catch a pass, it seems to be clicking fine with him at the moment. So, yeah. He seems um, to be doing really well, doesn't he? In the, yeah, especially I, in the really, I really enjoyed that one down the sideline for Daryl Williams. It reminded mm. me a lot of the one that Kareem, I think it was Kareem Hunt caught against the Patriots in the, no, it wasn't. It was Spencer Ware that caught it, I believe, against the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Yeah where Mahomes rolled out right and then threw it over a defender down down the sideline for hit basically hit him in a stride. It reminded me a little bit of that play. Um, oh no, it might have been it might have been Kareem Hunt. That I'm not even it? too I'm not even too sure to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. Some, I someone <laughs> someone will correct us. It's either Spencer Ware or Kareem Hunt. I'm fairly sure it's Spencer Ware, I'm not gonna lie. Was was that the game when the Patriots were celebrating the winning the Super Bowl the previous year? No, 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 that was the, the AFC championship game where they beat us. That was that oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, that depressing game. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you the, bring game, that up? <laughs> the game where you've wiped from your memory, which I just brought back. I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> depressed um, now. I'm so, yeah, I think no, I'm so depressed Williams. talking to you, Tom. <laughs> two two catches for 60 yards, was it? Daryl Williams had on, on Sunday night. That's uh, uh yeah. That's that's big time, isn't it? Like after yeah. his stellar um of performance here receiving against the Raiders. He comes out and puts out another half-decent performance. Maybe yeah. Daryl Williams is the answer at wide receiver two that we've all been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's definitely something we've got to look at because um, we've all been yeah. waiting for CEH, haven't we, to be the this receiving threat as well as a rushing threat. But I quite like the fact that we've got Daryl Williams as a receiving threat so that CEH can just concentrate on the rushing, on the running game. Um, and it's it's bringing that short game a little bit more to fruition at the moment because with Williams, um, he is that unknown entity at the minute, but he's been play- every time he's played, he's, be- he's played pretty darn good. And I've always been impressed with him. And I think, like you said, it could be that we use him a little bit more in it as, as more of a WR2 scheme. Um, this is lunacy. Probably- <laughs> 
I know it did sound crazy. How, des- how ca- desperate are we for a wide you receiver too that we're suggesting lining <laughs> Daryl Williams? <laughs> I'm going to call it now. I'm going to call it now, right? We're calling him a false WR2. A false WR2. So like a false <laughs> nine in football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you heard that term right here in the first time ever. <laughs> Have you, like, looking at the stats from Sunday night receiving wise, our top two receivers were Daryl Williams and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah. And Williams with 60 yards, Clyde with three for 28. And then it's Kelsey, three for 27. Hill, two for 22. Demarcus yeah. Robinson, is that a season high for him? Two catches for 21 yards? It might well be. Probably. You've got Byron Pringle, one for 14. McCall Hardman, one for 12. And, and that's it. The drops were an issue on Sunday, though. There were how many oh, drops yeah. by that? But five, six, seven? I, I don't even know. Like There was I... so many drops. And we talk, we've already alluded to to it a little bit already about Hill in particular and Kelsey, but it seems to be a team-wide problem at the moment that none of them seem to be able to hold on to a football when it comes their way. Yeah, exactly. Um, just a couple of things I wanted to clear up with the defence as well. I mean, like we've heaped praise on this defence for quite some time now over the last four or five weeks, um, but they seem to be you know, just bringing it. Um, and yeah. I listed a few on Twitter, um, I think it was yesterday, I think, and I still miss things out that I thought, I'd covered everything and people were still saying, well, you forgot about Chris Jones being kicked inside. And yeah, yeah. it was just like, you just think, my God, there's a lot of things going right on this defensive mm-hmm. side. And the, ins- the the interceptions were brilliant as well. Thornhill yeah. got an interception and dirty Dan Sorensen got an interception as well. Uh, but a lot of Chiefs Kingdom had the heart in the mouths when he started doing that celebration, when he was waving the ball around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone was like, just run it in, just run it in. Don't do any of that. Like, um, I tweeted out on Sunday that the transformation of the defense was complete when Ben Neiman tipped on the pass to Dan Sorensen to go for a pick six. Like, <laughs> that, that, that shows that the tide in the Chiefs defense well and truly has turned. And it starts with a number of things. We've talked about it. Rashad Fenton coming back, okay, he didn't play on Sunday, but Chris Jones being kicked inside Melvin Ingram, Willie mm. Gay coming back and looking phenomenal. Nick Bolton's been a pleasant yeah. surprise. Andy Hitchens isn't playing awful. Thornhill and Matthew look like Thornhill and Matthew of a couple of years ago. You mentioned Sneed. Yeah, Sneed's been outstanding. Like there's yeah. there's a number of things going well for this defense, and the fact that DeAndre Baker come back into back into the fold on Sunday and played very well himself. I think he only allowed three receptions. This defense is just clicking. I actually used it as headlines this morning. I don't know if you saw it, but it was um, a CBS article, and it was saying, "Well, what did we learn from?" this weekend of games. And it said about the Chiefs that Steve Spagnolo is actually the Chiefs MVP of this season. And for me, (laughs) it's hard to argue with that at the moment. Like imagine saying that in week five. (laughs) Mate, I was, I'll I'll be honest here. I was, I was really concerned about Spagnolo. You weren't concerned because you were asking for his job. (laughs) You weren't concerned about him. <laughs> yeah, so. because, because if you looked at the stats and, and where he'd been obviously previously in, the, in his career, you, you, we're at this point where he was predicted to be on a downward spiral. And I yeah. mean, drastically yeah. downward spiral. And you could see it happening after the first few weeks. And I thought, oh my God, this is it. It's, it's history repeating again. Yeah. But how it's all turned around and how he's made these adjustments. Yeah. I mean, fair play to him. He's proved me wrong for sure. Yeah, let's just see if we can roll into the uh, the last few weeks of the season. Looking ahead, you've got obviously the Raiders this week and then we've got the Chargers next week on a short week. Then we've got Joe Burrow. You'd like to think 
they'd be able to come up with something that could confuse Joe Burrow. Then they've got Big Ben, and that doesn't really matter because you can do whatever against Big Ben. It's fine. It just just hand the ball off and literally just give it to you anyway. (laughs) And then ending the week, ending the season with Teddy Bridgewater. So I really, there's probably one tough, real tough matchup left. And that's a week on Thursday against the Chargers. But it'd be interesting yeah. to see how they do in the playoffs. Are this team going to be able to carry on this trend for the next few weeks where they're only conceding, what, 11, 12 points a game? Yeah, granted, yeah. they're probably not going to concede that few in the playoffs. But if they can keep it under 20 going forward, you yeah. trust Patrick Mahomes and the offense to get at least 20. Maybe yeah. the only team not, maybe not against is maybe the Patriots, but outside of all the other teams, potentially you'd ask the fancy them to get at least 20. So right now, yes, the Chiefs have to play to their strength, and their strength is probably Steve Spagnuolo, which is just absolutely <laughs> that's crazy to say that, isn't it? That's weird to say that, but well, you know, he's a Super Bowl winning coach, so you know, um, fair play. He's 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 managed to do uh, the, the you know do the, this defense a lot of justice. I'll tell you um, what, though, just a quick one: if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl based on a defensive being ooh, a defensive yeah. juggernaut. Then Steve Spagnolo is gone in the offseason. Yeah. He's getting picked up. He'd like, be treated like a god as well, wouldn't he? In, yeah, yeah. In, in like if, if, if he manages to take down on that, let's say Lamar Jackson, then Josh Allen, and then Aaron Rodgers, for example, in a playoff run. Tom Brady. Or Tom Brady in a playoff <laughs> run. Then with this defense turning it from an all time bad to an all time good type of defense mm-hmm. in the offseason, then. Eric Bienemy might be gone. Steve Spagnolo might be gone. There might just be this like carousel of coaches just turning, and we're going to be looking at a new DC next year and a new OC next year. Oh, don't be so, so depressing, Tom. God, don't be every. Hey, like, I'm not being funny. If the trade-off of losing Steve Spagnolo next year means we win another Super Bowl based oh, on yeah, a defensive take, juggernaut performance, yeah. then I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing we, we haven't really discussed quickly is um, the special teams. The, the one play in the special teams that was, I, I'd never seen anything like this, where uh, Byron Pringle managed to just sling his yeah. defender into the punt return <laughs> and then gather the ball up after it, after it hit him. Was, uh, was a stroke of genius, I thought. I thought it was a brilliant play. I'm surprised um, we don't see it more often. Oh, man, it was brilliant. I loved it. I've had it on repeat. (laughs) It's another thing on punts we don't see very often. We never, very rarely see the receiving team hit their own ball. And it must be by miracle. Like, or or the the teams are so well drilled about staying away from the ball that somehow they manage to have eyes in the back of their head and they know where the ball is at the whole time. But that particular play by Byron Pringle was just sensational. He made up for the drops, that is for sure. Uh, yeah. And to, re- to recover the ball himself was just outstanding. Really good stuff. Yeah. Right then, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be looking at the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings before looking ahead to the Week 4 champions, the Raiders. <laughs> Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with Brad and Tom. We're going to look at the Arrowhead Pride power rankings moving forward. And uh, Tom is the guru in this. We've uh, we nicknamed him the guru last week, so uh, we're going to call him the guru this week. That he is the Arrowhead Pride power rankings guru. Right then, Tom, where are the Chiefs this week? Um, the Chiefs. Are, <laughs> um, the Chiefs are fifth. They've dropped down from fourth to fifth. Eww. Yeah, the New England Patriots took them. And uh, is that just because of the record? They beat Buffalo on Monday night. As as unimpressed by the performance as I was, they did win against Buffalo Bills in Buffalo on a Monday night football in horrendous weather. And they are the number one seed. So, you know, that's I think that's fair. I think what they've won seven games in a row now, the Patriots, the longest uh win, winning streak in the league of what the Chiefs are on five, the Dolphins are on five. So yeah. They, they deserve they deserve to be ahead of the Chiefs right now. All right, then who's the biggest fallers this week? The biggest fallers were the Minnesota Vikings. Come on. Really? Yeah, of course they were going to be the biggest fallers. Who else was it going to be? Well, well yes. Yeah, we, we, yeah. We'll talk about why they're the biggest fallers in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and the biggest risers? And the Miami Dolphins. Wow. They, Do you know they're what? Up to, I'm... They're up to 60, but I think they're going to make the playoffs. May I do as well. I, I've I, been really impressed with how they've, they've really kind of taken this season by the scruff of the neck and just thought, do you know what? <laughs> well, they've won in seven at some point. Yeah. And now look at them. I, I, do you know, I think they stand a chance. Like, it's going to be tough for them because they're going to have to win like four out of their five last games. Yeah. But their defense is playing so well. Like, really, really well. Like, all of a sudden, Xavier Howard looks like the best corner in the league once again. And they're just, they're just, clicking the offense is playing okay too is not killing them I, they're, they're coached well they're playing well defensively oh, they stand a chance and yeah. they'll be kicking themselves if they end up winning winning like say nine of their last 11 games and they don't make the playoffs because of how bad they were at the start of the season did they leave themselves too much work to do i i hope not i'd like to see them in i'm not gonna yeah. lie if if they could be in ahead of the colts or the bills i'd be kind of okay with that <laughs> yeah, I think we both will play. Um, and the Lions won. They did. Does they that mean they're off the bottom? They are off the basement. 
putting some happy party music here, right, right here. Um, they won a game. I'm so happy for them. I'm really oh, yeah. happy for them because they've been so unlucky this season. They've what they should have. They should have really had three wins already, but they've managed to shoot themselves in the foot or lost to a foot kicking a ball in the last second. God knows how many times. Yeah. I, I, I feel sorry for them. So for them to get this win, well deserved. You can tell how happy they were. The, the players clearly like playing for Dan Campbell. For whatever we yeah. think of him in talking about kneecapping people or biting people's knees or whatever it was, <laughs> the players clearly love him. And I'm glad that he got his win. And I think they'll probably get one more. I hope they do. I do hope yeah. they do. Um, they might not want one more. They might want the number one pick, but they're off our basement anyway. So who's in the basement now then? Uh, the Houston Texans. They're just. Does that mean now I can now start asking you again who's last in the power? Oh, now, yeah, you can. Because <laughs> it was always the Lions, wasn't yeah. it? And you were like, just stop asking me, Brad. Yeah. Stop asking me. Right then. Thanks for that, mate. Enjoyed that. The Chiefs welcome the Raiders to Arrowhead. And you can be certain that they won't be receiving a warm welcome from Chiefs Kingdom after the stunt they pulled at Arrowhead the last time out in week four. I mean, who does a victory lap in week four, for Christ's sake? Yeah. I but, would. If I wanted yeah. to go to Arrowhead in week four, I would. But I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a professional sportsman, so I, I would milk that. Would, <laughs> if would, I, you, would have done a, you would have done a lap around Arrowhead? Yeah, yeah, but that's only if, if it was me, like literally this version of myself went into the stadium and managed to beat Patrick Mahomes at anything, like tiddlywinks, I would get on a bus parade and go around our head stadium. <laughs> a fair point, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> you put yourself in the there. is a liar. <laughs> <laughs> so you're putting yourself in Derek Carr's shoes, basically, aren't you? That's what yeah, you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the, this game, I mean, it, it seems to have just come around so quickly. It only feels like last week we played them. Um, it was only three weeks ago, wasn't it? It was only three weeks ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, and I think with it being such a, a fond memory that we absolutely destroyed them in Vegas. I mean, <laughs> it, it's just, it's great that we've got them so soon as well because it hasn't given them time to lick the wounds and it's clear in their minds that they got absolutely destroyed last time. They won't even, I don't even think they'll be looking at like a revenge game at this moment in time it's come too soon for them I think yeah to them it's <laughs> to them it's just called the second half it's just, <laughs> it's yeah, it's, yeah it's Nightmare on Elm Street part two or something you know that's yeah. what it is this isn't it um the rivalry always it goes back years and years and years and years now doesn't it um and I obviously been looking back at some of the stats and I was quite surprised actually that um the Chiefs are quite far ahead in the in the entire series since the, the both teams started playing mm-hmm. against each other. I mean, this will be the hundred and I think it's the hundred and twenty sixth game they're going to be playing. But the the ones previous, the Chiefs lead the series sixty nine fifty four two. Oh wow, that's quite. I mean, I remember that one. That was a lot closer. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the pre Andy Reid days. Yeah, Andy Reid's kind of opened up a healthy lead, hasn't he, against all AFC West teams, I think. I think we've got a winning yeah. record against all three of them, which is mad because up until 2010, the Chiefs went so long without winning a division title. Like, they've never won division titles in streaks, the Chiefs. And yeah. what was, I think is uh, in the 70s and 80s, they have an even worse record of winning division titles. Oh, God, yeah, but for the yeah. Chiefs to be the all-time game winner out of the, the four AFC West teams, that, that's... That's a little crazy to me. The Raiders have had a really indifferent time since 
we battered them on Sunday night football. Like yeah. they, they lost, they lost the following week to the Bengals. They got battered against the Bengals as well. And then they went on that crazy game on Thanksgiving and somehow <laughs> managed to beat the Cowboys and Derek Carr absolutely lit it up on Thanksgiving Thursday. But after that, then, then they have like the mini buy. They have 10 days in between games and they go and lose to Taylor Henneke and the yeah. Washington football team only scoring 15 points and conceding 17. Like, if you're a Raiders fan now, like you're not in the playoff race. You like technically you're in the hunt, but you're, you're clinging on. Good, your team's yeah. not good enough. They know they're not going to be in the playoffs. They can look at their schedule and go, okay, yeah, they've got some winnable games. They've got what? They've got us to come. Then they've got the Browns. They've got the Broncos, the Colts, and the Chargers. Yeah, they could probably make a case of getting two or three wins out of that. But is that going to be enough for them? Nine wins going to be enough to get a place? In the AFC playoffs, yeah. probably not. So, if you're a Raiders fan right now, you're probably thinking, "Oh, when's the draft? Like, <laughs> when's, <laughs> when's the draft? Like, it's the same if you're a Raiders player. Are you, are you? Is your head kind of on the beach already? Are you starting to think about your holidays? Like, it's been a tough couple of years with COVID, yeah. moving to Las Vegas, playing in an empty stadium, and then coming into Las Vegas, playing in front of a crowd again and then having a really indifferent season that maybe they're just not interested. And especially with the stuff that's gone on in Las Vegas, we won't go crazy into that because we talked about that in the last time we previewed the Raiders, mm. but they've just had so much go on this season that they've probably just had enough. And I just yeah. don't think you're going to see a really motivated team on Sunday night. I feel like you're going to see a team that's not going to be out for revenge because they can't be asked. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I just think right. they're coming to Arrowhead and they're not going to probably concede 41 points again, but I expect Patrick Mahomes to have a little bit of a bounce back and maybe get mm -hmm. 25, 30 points this weekend quite comfortably. You're right. I mean, the Raiders are hanging on to the playoffs or in the hunt for the playoffs by their fingernails at the minute. And yeah. like you said before, that you know, like playing in an empty stadium, it's not empty. It's full of away fans. It's full of road <laughs> team fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the Chiefs travelled well. The, obviously, the Washington football team, they travelled well. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the picture. It's yes. just a city of, like, Washington fans. Um, and it must get demoralising. We saw it, obviously, with the Chargers when they first moved to LA. And, and you know, it was always as though we were, they were playing a road game. Yeah. And I think the Raiders are feeling that as well. They feel a little bit dejected. I know... Um, Derek Carr also said, you know, he was sick of losing games and he wants to be here when the, you know, the, the turnaround happened. Mm -hmm. But you can't see that in the immediate future from the Raiders because, like I said, everything just seems false with them. Yeah. You know, they had obviously that false start at the beginning of the season where they were flying high. They were going to win the AFC West and all the fans were happy. And look where they are now. And yeah. again, They've got this. They've got this magnificent stadium, I and mean, it is. I mean, you know, credit where credit's due. It is a magnificent stadium, but again, it's it's almost like a false fascia in front of what the Raiders are at the minute because it's just packed out with road team fans. Yeah, it can't and be fun. It can't be fun, and and I think you're right. I think the Raiders are going to be so dejected and not even really be up for this game because again, they're going into our head. That's going to be loud. I mean, they're going to be buoyant, you know, buoyant from obviously beating the Broncos, but also the way they annihilated them in, in the, in, you know, in Vegas at the, in the home. Yeah. I just really think the, the Raiders are just thinking, let's just go in, get it over and done with and get out. <laughs> it's mad how we're trying to like get into the minds of, uh, 
elite athletes are we we could be completely wrong about this but i just it's it's the attitude that i would have if i was a raiders player right it would now be, yeah where's our fans gone <laughs> you know? yeah, they probably get more fans at arrowhead than they will in las vegas um yeah. where, where do you think what well not where do you think but what evaluation can we make about the Chiefs offense if they go out and score 41 points again against the Raiders like can we really get excited about the Chiefs offense if they do that because obviously they done that last time out against Vegas yeah. and there was the whole uh, we think we got our swagger back blah 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 and there was all of that but then yeah. since then the Chiefs offense has kind of laid an egg and not really shown their swagger so if they yeah. just go out again against the Raiders and do the same sort of thing are we right or wrong to get excited about it I think the media will have a, a field day again. Okay. But I think the true Chiefs fans will be thinking, do you know what? It's another dub. And yeah. I think we've got to have that. We've got to have that mentality in our heads that it's all about dubs at the minute. It's not about how many points we've scored or how many points we give up. Or um, It's just all about the dubs. And if we, if they play a good game by the offense, brilliant. If they don't, the defense will mop up. No problem. I think, Everybody's getting a bit, a little bit bogged down in 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 the actual performance of the offense, but we all know it can click. We all know it can yeah. it can really raise its game when it needs to. Um, but is a game against the Raiders really a, a game where they need to? So if they do score forty one points, really. are no. we are we going to be cautiously optimistic about the Chiefs' offense, or are we going to just think actually they've done that last time? That's what I think, by the way. Like the Chiefs could, yeah. they could come out and score 41 points. Travis Kelsey could say, oh, we got our swagger back yeah. again. But does it mean that I believe that the Chiefs are going to be capable of putting on an off- offensive performance against the Los Angeles Chargers the following Thursday? Probably not. I think it's a no-win situation for the Chiefs offense this week. They yeah. can they can score 20 points and the Chargers, uh, the Raiders can score 10, they win the game. No one gives the offense any credit whatsoever because it was a defense that won the game. Or they can score 40 points and then we turn around again and go, well, you've done that against the Raiders last time and look how you followed it up. I do feel like if they do get the 40 points against the Raiders, there's going to be questions asked. Well, show us again, but show us against someone else other than the yeah, Raiders. Uh, yeah. Do it on yeah. Thursday night against the Chargers. Do it against Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Show us against those teams. And then we truly believe that your offense is back. So I don't feel like there's going to be any chirping this time if they do no. do it. I don't feel like you're going to get Kelsey or Mahomes or the dancing on the sideline by the offense. You're not going to get any of that. I feel like it's going to be a business trip on, on Sunday. Okay, granted, a home business trip, but it's going to be all about dubs on Sunday and if there is a performance, I don't expect there to be any shouting about it from the offense. It's a good way of putting that. It, it, it treated it as a business trip. I think you're right there. Um, it, it's it's there just to go in, get the dub, get out. Um, and I think that's that, that's the right way to to approach this. And I think the fans have got to kind of approach it in that re, in that respect as well. I mean, it, it's it's very easy to get swept away with the offense when it's fully clicking with this Chiefs team because. You know, we love to see it. We love to see Mahomes, you know, slinging it left, right, and center. We love to see Tyreek Hill, you know, burning off defenders, and we love to see Travis Kelsey doing his thing in the middle of the field. But um, I think Chiefs fans have had to really learn quite a bit this season that it isn't always going to be a perfect game. No, and we've got to get used to that. We've got to get used to the fact that we may have off days, and we've had more off days than we've had good days. 
Yeah. But, and we can have an off day this week because we're playing the Raiders. And Derek yeah. Carr absolutely <laughs> sucks most of the time in, in Arrowhead. Yes, last year he had a good game in Arrowhead and they got the win. Well done. Well done, Derek, yeah. for having one good game. But it, traditionally, he is terrible in Arrowhead. And he's very terrible in Arrowhead in December as well. So yeah. um, I look forward to the defence like making his life hell on, on Sunday with with the new front four all clicking with Jaron Reed playing well with, I think Fenton's been practicing today as well. So he's due to come back. This defense could just absolutely pile it on Derek Carr and we could see tears. Like let's, 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 let's see Derek Carr tears. Um, like I just, like their, their offenses outside of the game against the Chargers, uh, the Cowboys, they're having as many offensive problems as us at the moment. So yeah, yeah I, we might we can skip to predictions shortly, but this this game's going to be fun. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be fun. The offense might be great, the offense might not be, but the defense, I I can't believe I'm saying it is is going to be phenomenal on Sunday. The, the amount of people that have said to me now that they are excited to watch the defense. I remember saying in one of these podcasts that it was every time the defense came on the field, I was like, oh, I might as well just switch over to some some other channel yeah, while yeah. the defense are on the field because I remember saying that, and now I can't believe I'm saying it that. I can't wait to see the Chiefs defense on the field because we've got so many great things going on there, which we mentioned before. Um, so many uh, you know, good points and it just looks solid. It look that's the only thing that's kind of like the standard now, isn't it? <laughs> Is the Chiefs defense. That that's what we're looking for now. We're looking for that continuity, that standard. And that Chiefs defense is given that. And it's making sure that the the Chiefs offense isn't having that extra pressure of trying to, you know, out, outplay the game, let's say, yeah, uh, and go over the top with 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 crazy players and stuff. Mm. Um, it's good to see. It really is great to see. Uh, just to mention when there, you're on about Derek Carr in December. Yeah, Derek Carr has a record of 12 and 20 in the month of December. Um, and he's had 44 TDs and 20 interceptions in December as well. Yeah, it's two to one. That's not awful it's not great it's not not great it's not, not awful but, but, but the yeah. win losses there really does stick out um 12 to 20 yeah, yeah. 12 and 20. The, the raiders have never been ones for uh ending season season as well so uh yeah long may it continue and uh the chiefs are 14 and 3 against the raiders during andy reed's reign now that's a start isn't it <sighs> Andy Reid three. just bosses the AFC West. Off the, top, off, the, off the top of your head, can you name the three? Uh, I can name the one that was seemed to have... What was that one where it was zero on the clock all that time? Was that the... Yeah, um, that was a never-ending game on Thursday night football. never-ending game. It yeah, was just on zero and it was like, oh, yeah. go, have, have another go, have another go, have another go. What was that? What year was that? Was that I think that was 2016 or 2017. It was, oh, no, it was 2017. It was the year Alex Smith absolutely balled out. Um, and then the other one was 2014 when we were playing the 0-13 uh, yeah. Raiders or yeah, Owen yeah. 10 Raiders and it was raining and Jamal Charles was all in white and really muddy yeah. and we lost to Derek Carr and they went crazy and um, yeah we should never have lost that game and then that actually sparked mm. a really bad run by the Chiefs and they ended up going from dead certs to of the playoffs and not actually making the playoffs that year and finishing nine and seven yeah. sad time and the other one is obviously the week four champions from last week yeah yeah last uh, year yeah. yeah yeah right okay um right then um Ones to watch, mate. Who we got for the ones to watch? I'll let you go first this week because I've been nicking all these players early on, haven't I? My one to watch is um, Deshaun Jackson because... Really? 
Yeah, I still can't believe what happened in that last game against us <laughs> where let Richard Fenton kick, uh, punch out the ball. I don't really know what, what had happened. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how the Chiefs handle a true deep threat. Like, yeah. again, um, obviously against um, the Cowboys, they played some technical receivers in CD Lamb and Michael Gallup and whatnot. Against the Broncos, they were playing against a quarterback that really can't throw the ball very far at all. So Derek Carr, when it clicks, has a very a fairly decent deep uh, deep ball. And Deshaun Jackson is renowned for running, running deep passes. So let's see how the guys back there deal with that type of threat. Um, if Rashad Fenton's back, Let's see how he handles. Let's see how his legs are. If DeAndre Baker's in it, let's see how he handles that type of stuff. So, yeah, Deshaun Jackson, while I don't think he's going to make many game-changing plays, I just want to see how the the Chiefs defense actually reacts to that type of player. And if Derek Hart does manage to get any time and does decide to air the ball out, let's see how they they cope with um, said said problem. Yeah. Uh, I've gone for Brian Edwards for the, uh, the Raiders. Okay. Uh, because he he had a he had a game in the last game, believe it or not. Even though they got absolutely annihilated, he um, in the last game he racked up eighty eight yards on three receptions, which was an average of twenty nine point three, and he got a t- touchdown as well. So, do you reckon they're going to have um, Anthony Hitchens trying to cover him again this time? <laughs> <laughs> You know, that kind of reminds me of the days of uh, Justin Houston. Remember when he was in coverage? Yeah, Justin Houston in coverage <laughs> against Antonio Brown. I don't think anyone will ever forget that. <laughs> Talk about a mismatch. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for the Chiefs, I've gone for, well, you can't go for anybody else other than Travis Kelsey, can you? Raiders can- cannot handle him. They just cannot handle him. He needs a bounce back game. What's his stats at the moment? Is he on course for a thousand yard season? He must be, uh, but it, surely it's going to be surely it's going to be closer than it has been in previous years. Like there's, he's going to having a down year for for him, hasn't he? As I the, think uh, he's, he's down year is still a thousand. He's got eight hundred and forty-eight <laughs> yards, so he's got five games to make one hundred and fifty-two. I suppose you could make a case that you could make that this this Sunday alone. <laughs> I, I love the I love the fact you were trying to see if Kelsey was going to have a down year, and then you just realised he's going to get a thousand yards again. <laughs> yeah, but it just I don't know. It just seems like he's having so many off games. Like he's had he's had two games of twenty seven yards. He's had another game of twenty three yards, and that's just he's only had what three hundred yard games this year, and that seems uh, to be lower than normal. Like considering last year, he got fourteen hundred yards. And before that, his lowest total was 1,038. Yeah, he's going to beat that. So he's still he's still going to be up there. He just To me, it seems like he's having a down year when maybe, in fact, that's not the case in terms of receptions, I'm well, sure. It's the same be. like we were saying before about Mahomes. It sounds like he's having a down year, but when you look at the stats, he's still... You know, he's still one of the top top QBs out there. The money, top five at least. The thing with Mahomes and his stats, especially like in the things of yards and touchdowns, he was so good early in yeah. the season. Like if you take away some of the boneheaded interceptions and the drop passes that led to interceptions from receivers, Mahomes was pretty outrageous in the first four or five weeks of the season. And because he was that good, his stats, like the games haven't really caught up to his stats yet. And so his average is dropping. That is for sure. It has to be dropping because he's not putting up the same similar sort of yardage. But he did such a had such a good body of work early on that here we are in week fourteen, and you're, he's still amongst the, the 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 elite when it comes to stats, but not yeah. in terms of the eye test. You only have to look at like Greg Rosenthal's like QB rank, rankings at the moment, and he's twelve at the moment. Yeah, Mahomes yeah. is the twelfth best quarterback according to NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal. 
And he's basing that off what he's seeing, not the stats where you look at the stats and you think, oh, well, he's still a top five quarterback. And that's yeah. that's where you get into the realms of stats being deceiving. But also it goes to show how good Patrick Mahomes was early on. Um, <laughs> my one to watch for the Chiefs, I've been arm in arm in about this, but I'm going to go for Tyron Matthew. Um, really? Yeah, he, he's slowly but surely getting more and more freedom to do what he wants. Uh, yeah. The freelancing Tyron Matthew is is coming back. He got seven tackles against the Broncos, um, which isn't a crazy number, but he led the Chiefs in, in tackles. So uh, he's had a good week as well. Walter Payton, man of the year. He's, t- he's t- told everyone how much he loves yeah. KC. He classes KC as home. Um, it seems like everything's been put to bed now with the whole yeah. toxic comments. No one really brings that up. And I'm sorry if I reminded you of it for the first time in a few <laughs> You've weeks. you just triggered everybody again, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, everything seems to be going pretty well in the life of Tyron Matthew. Obviously, the recent defensive performance is going to help him get paid in the offseason. Um, so, yeah, let, let's let's see Tyron Matthew. He's, he's due a pick, isn't he? He's due, he's due a yeah. pick or two. Let's, let's hope he gets someone. Uh, he's just desserts on... Um, pick six. Let's go for a pick six. Yeah. If Dan Sorensen can get a pick six, then surely Tyron Matthew can. So, predictions. I've gone Chiefs, 38, Raiders, 24. I've gone for a bit of more of a closer game in this one. Just, you know, just because we're, what we were saying before, it, the Chiefs don't really need to go out on a bit of a blowout kind of game in this game. Um, and I think the Raiders might get a little bit up for it. Um I don't know. I'm, I, maybe I'm being generous with 24 points there, especially. Yeah, you really are. You're really <laughs> generous. The last time that someone scored 24 points or more against the Chiefs was on the 24th of October, and that was the Titans. Okay, granted, they, they got their 27 points all in the first half, and if they really wanted to, they could have probably put 50 up that day. But yeah. in general, the, recently, what, the Chiefs have allowed 17, 30, uh, 17, 7, 14, 9, 9 points. Like, it's not... It's not a lot for them to jump up to 24. No. I, I, I'm not buying that. I think the Cheeks will get 24 points. Nah, think, I'm, I'm saying that the Raiders probably get garbage time touchdowns there. No, I'm not buying it. I think this defense, not buying that either. I think this defense has pride at the moment. And yeah, that's not going to happen. I think the Chiefs get 24 points. I think the Raiders get 10. Um, I expect a dominant performance from the Chiefs defense um, on Sunday. And I expect the Chiefs to have some success offensively, but not as much as they did in Las Vegas first time around. I don't, I can't, I just can't imagine Las Vegas coming into Arrowhead with the same defensive game plan that they had a few weeks ago, because we all saw what happened. It it would just be mindless for Gus Bradley to come in there with the same game plan. So it's not going to happen. I think the Chiefs get 24. I think the Raiders play a little bit safe on on the defensive side of the ball, maybe play this cover two shell and stay away from their cover uh, cover three. And maybe the the Chiefs struggle a little bit, but still 24 will be more than enough against this inept uh, Raiders offense. The Raiders need to start tanking really, don't they? Yeah. Let's be honest. They They need to start tanking. So maybe this is the start. Maybe. Right. That's all we've got time for this week. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave us a rating and review. Check in with your boys from the kingdom every Wednesday here at Arrowhead Pride. And remember, you can also listen to more Chiefs-related content here on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network. But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. 
For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.